him a standing ovation. Every hand put together. Just give him some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, something happened right now, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of your name. Oh, hallelujah. Remain standing, please. That's next level singing. Powerful. Powerful. Hallelujah to Jesus. And I might say, Pastor Chad, that when we talked about you being with us, I knew you had uh, some difficulties with your voice and bronchitis. You came in faith today, but we couldn't tell anymore, and we don't know what we could stand. You did a marvelous job leading us. We, we praise God for you. As you transition choir, thank God for you. You remain standing in the house. And would you take the book of Joshua, the book of the Lord, and go to the book of Joshua, chapter 6, because this is lesson number 2. In our study of the book of Joshua, under the, th- the theme of going to the next level. Oh, help me. You know, I just told the Holy Ghost before I came up here. I just told the Holy Ghost. I'm not fixing to go in neutral in my preaching. And I'm not fixing to give this crowd my second best. You know, there's a difference between, listen to this. There's a difference between interest and commitment. You understand? Difference between interest. I'm not just interested in this service. I'm committed to this service. And I'm not just interested, and if you are more than interested in getting God to touch you and you're committed to it, you'll let some walls fall down and some praises go up. Here's how it took place in this, the sixth chapter of the book of Joshua. I won't read the whole chapter, but I'll begin with the first five verses. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel, meaning closed, lock, sealed. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do for six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up from every man straight before him. Now the rest of the chapter talks about how that is walked out. I just need you to to ask God to help me in 50, for just 15 seconds of prayer. Reach your hands up. 15 seconds. We already got lost two now, so you got 12. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that we don't have to beg, but I don't want just you to bless me to bless them. I want you to bless everybody here this morning. God, it's past time that we go to the next level in some areas of our lives, including striving to be more like Jesus. Would you release, in the name of Jesus, release the Holy Ghost here, God. I know, I know that we have schedules, but your schedule is more important than ours. We submit our schedule, our time, to you because all time comes from you. And devil, I bind you off of this place and property. In Jesus' name, amen. And so be it. You may be seated in his presence. And would you please keep your scriptures open to the sixth chapter of Joshua. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, God gives us dreams and desires that are exalting to Him and beneficial to us. If you are at a particular level now that you know it's not the level of your best, then God wants to take you to the level of your best. Say amen. I'm saying every one of us I know in my life have desires and dreams and aspirations to be better. If you are married, then you'd be want, want to be a better spouse. I trust. If you have children, you want to be a better parent. Can I get an amen? amen? If you have your own business, you want to do a better job and take care of customers and clients and contracts and make a better living. If you're able to improve your salary and your compensation by going to college or, 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 or uh, graduate school, then, then you want to move to the next level. Can I get an amen? L- listen, if, if you want to be free from doubt and fear and panic attacks, 
And maybe the reliance of prescription drugs to give you a better day. That means you want to go to another level. Can I get an amen? Another level for many people is financial freedom. Oh, hallelujah. Well, you're not afraid to answer your phone because you figure that voice on the other line will say, we have the FBI, IRS, and, and everybody else looking for you. You know, you don't have to live like that. Can I get an amen? And, and there are other levels, but there are deeper places in God we need to go. Higher places in God. And I say that because I want to tell you that here we have in the sixth chapter of Joshua, God's people moving to another level. They are at the city of Jericho. The city of Jericho was one of the oldest cities of that dispensation and time. Its elevation was rather low, being 1,300 feet below sea level. But it didn't jeopardize their security. It was a fortress of a city. I hasten to tell you that the strength of the city of Jericho and its walls was the symbol of the enemy's strength and power. This city, Jericho, was made up of men and women who were totally given to idol worship, pagan worship. They, their worship was so hedonistic and dark until occasions, on occasion some parents would offer their children in the fire of sacrifice in order to please their God. You have to ask yourself, what kind of God is that? You have to ask yourself, what kind of God is that that will tell somebody, if you kill Christians and Jews, you'll get 70 virgins when you die? Just a little side note to make sure you're listening. That would be the religion of Islam. Okay? You you have to ask yourself, see, Jesus died for everybody's sin in the whole world. Nobody else has to die or be burned or kill somebody else. (laughs) Oh, yes, I knew that you'd get right on board with me. This, this, this city of Jericho was, God was not going to allow it to remain as an obstruction to the people of God in possessing the land. And so, they, they were so perverse in their worship, they, they even created images of stone that accentuated the sexual organs of uh, male and female in order to worship in sexual perversion. This city, Jericho, stood directly opposed to Israel's inheritance. As I already told you, and you you know it has great walls, it had great walls. And it spoke of its great strength. It had a reputation, the city, of being indestructible. Uh, Many of those who've done geological finds regarding the ruins of Jericho describe its dimensions. The one I'd like to use this morning, which I think is reputable, is that there were two walls that surrounded this city. There was an outer wall and an inner wall. The, the city made up about, was made up of about seven acres of city, okay? And so the outer wall was six feet thick and 30 feet high. Fifteen feet from the outer wall, six feet thick, 30 feet high. Fifteen feet beyond that was another wall. That wall was 12 feet thick and 30 feet high. And on the top of these, the walls that bridge, that separate, were homes and dwellings. And what, what happened here is that the people of Jericho saw their strength and security in their, what they perceived to be impenetrable walls. Thinking of that, let me bring you to today's contemporary living. And I I have a question or two that that begins like this. What are the strongholds in your life that prevent you from going to the next level? The walls of Jericho in the natural would prevent the children of Israel from going to the next level. I must submit to you that for every one of us today, we have... A Jericho in our lives. Or more than one. By that I mean that we have an obstacle, a wall of some sort. We know God has made us promises. We have some passion about some things. We, we, we want to be better, live better, have more, bless more people, have more joy, have eternal life. But there is a Jericho or more than one 
that is like a wall that keeps us from going to the next level. I hasten to give you a little description of that. Perhaps your Jericho is a financial need that never seems to be met. Perhaps your Jericho is rebuilding a relationship, a wounded relationship that, that is necessary for you to go on, but you have a hard time rebuilding it. Perhaps your Jericho is reaching a goal of some sort, a life goal or dream. Maybe your Jericho or your wall is taking a new position or a new job when you feel uh, maybe not as well prepared as you'd like to be. Perhaps your Jericho is starting your own business. Maybe it's recovering from a deadly illness that God has kept you this far from and you don't ever want it to attack you again. And on and on we can go. Your Jericho can be that you've lost a spouse or a parent or a child in an untimely death and you're still grieving and you're unable to go to the next level. Can I get a witness here, somebody? Your Jericho may be that there is a habit that keeps coming back. There is a lifestyle, a negative lifestyle, a destructive lifestyle. Could be a former lifestyle of drugs or alcohol or sexual impurity. Some kind of bondage that you shake off once a month or once a week and it keeps dragging you back into its walls. And I'm saying to you that when I read the book of Joshua, I find here principles from God's Word that whatever your Jericho is, whatever your walls are, whatever your obstacle is, God has given us adequate knowledge from the Word and the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives that walls can and must come down. Let's, let's consider some, if you will. I think, that, and I understand when I look at this story, that the first thing that we have to deal with is this issue of sanctification. The Lord says to the children of Israel under the command of Joshua in chapter 3 verse 5. You might go there please. You only turn back a page. And God says, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Look at above that verse. Look at the last part of verse 4. If you're there say amen. He says before he told them to sanctify themselves, for you have not passed this way before. That tells me that the place I'm going to in my calling, in my anointing, in my career, in my education, in my family, in my marriage, in my church, where I'm going to, I've not been that way before. Therefore, the first thing I need to do is separate myself unto God. The word sanctify means to set apart. The word sanctify means to consecrate oneself. For higher purposes, spiritual purposes. The, the word sanctify means to be free from sin. Because the Lord says, I want to do wonders among you. God is not going to do wonders among people who live for the devil and also try to live for him. Because God says you cannot serve two masters. Okay? God will not empower us. To live for him on Sunday and let us go and live for the devil the remaining days of the week. If we're going to go to the next level, we got to cut off some stuff from us. If the crowd you are hanging with now has kept you at the level you are in now, you need to separate yourself from that kind of crowd in Jesus' name. You are going to another level. If the language you've been speaking all these months and years have kept you at this level, then you need to sanctify and cleanse and ask God to give you another language, which is the Word of God, to take you to the next level. Can I get an amen here, somebody? God is so serious about sanctification. Look at chapter 5, verse number 2. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. What's going on here is this chapter 5 now is after they crossed the Jordan River. And God says, Joshua... The last 40 years, the doubters have been dying in the wilderness, the desert, because they didn't believe me the first time I told them I was going to take them to the next level. So I had to get rid of all the naysayers. God has a way, you know. <laughs> you know, it, it, God has a way. If He wants you someplace, He'll get you there. By hook or crook or by a whale. You know the whale and, the, and Jonah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I've been on the sea and I got seasick only one time and I prefer not to travel by whale, snail, or ship. I just rather go ahead and listen to God the first time. 
My point being, God said to Joshua, for the last 40 years you've had children born in the camps as you wondered. They have not been circumcised under the right and the covenant that I made with Abraham. God's covenant with Israel was that each male would be circumcised at a given age as God's sanctification mark on them. Can I get an amen, somebody? And so I'm saying to you, brother, God is so serious that the whole, all the males had to go through that particular rite of passage. God's not made it that hard for us today. God has simply said to us that if you will call upon me, and if you will trust me, if you want to go to a higher level, just like I, God told the children of Israel before they crossed the Jordan, you've got to bathe yourself. You've got to wash your body. You've got to change your clothes. I think there has to be an internal and external bathing and cleansing and washing of ourselves if we intend for God to give us His favor and take us to a next level. If you you agree by faith, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I don't need to preach a whole series about that, but I'm just telling you this. Daily in my life, i got to decide what I'm going to look at and what I'm not going to look at. It's called sanctification. When I go to a hotel room, to a conference, and I'm the only man in the room, and I'm spending there that night, i got to say to myself that HBO is not coming on my TV and any kind of free movie channel at my house or any place else because I'm a man of God in public and I'm a man of God in private. And what I do in private, God is going to bless in public. If I sin in private, God going to reveal. Everybody has got to say to yourself, this may be okay for somebody else, but it's not okay for me because I'm going to another level. You got to go home and empty the DVD videos. You got to go home and empty the refrigerator if it's not going to keep you from another level. Oh, help me, Jesus. Pastor, you keep preaching like that, you start calling names and you're probably right, so I'll move on. Everybody say sanctify. And you know, you say, Pastor, how in the world can I do it? You can through the Holy Ghost. All you have to do is have a commitment. Amen. Let me show you something else. Hear the prophetic word of God if you're going to go to the next level. Because in Joshua 6 and 2, the word of God comes to Joshua. And God says to him, see, I have given Jericho into your hands. It's king and a mighty man, man of valor. Now, please understand. That not everybody who says they're a bishop or a prophet or a pastor or an apostle is. You will know them by their fruit. Anybody can buy a title on the internet. Anybody can buy a degree on the internet, buy a title, get a plaque, get a name badge. But it doesn't make them a prophet, a pastor, an apostle. You will know them by their fruit. You can't, let me tell you, just because you go into McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. The fact of the matter is, if we listened to a prophet, we'd all go on and sold everything and hide out in Utah yesterday because the world was going to end. Anybody hear me? Didn't, some, didn't this guy tell us that the world is going to end yesterday in the judgment? I was so troubled by that, I had to have people remind me the world was going to end. That tells you how much stock I put in that. Matter of fact, one of my preacher friends called me. And he said to me, he likes to pull pranks on me if I'm not pulling one on him. And so he says, if you're hearing this message, you have missed the rapture. <laughs> and I know he was live. And I said, and if you're the one sending this message, I know you're the devil. And you're calling me from down there. And I'm okay. <laughs> not everybody who says, I got a word from the Lord for you has heard from the Lord. You got to go by people who are proven and tried. Somebody help me here. I don't care if they got the prayer tower or the Eiffel Tower. You don't have to have a tower to be a prophet. If you do, you can be. But my word is, be sure that anybody who speaks into your life has precedent from the Bible itself. <laughs> Prophetic word. Is what you're saying to me, Pastor Allen. Is what you're saying to me, prayer leader. Is what you're saying to me, Grandma, Grandpa. Is it in the Word of God? Some people have made promises to people that God never made. And if you made promises to people that God never made, it's up to you to make it come to pass. Not God. I feel a whoop, glory going on. The children of Israel didn't heed the prophetic word. And they ended up 
40 years before when Moses sent 12 spies in the land. Weeks after coming out. And maybe a few months after coming out of Egypt. It was now time to go into the promised land. And it wasn't about whether we can. Moses said, go out there. You don't come back and tell me whether we can or can't. God already said we can. All I need to know is how to have a battle plan. Tell me how high the walls are. Tell me what the inhabitation looks like. What the people look like. What the vegetation looks like. What the culture is. And I just need a battle plan so we can go take the land. Twelve of them go. Ten of them come back with a bad report. Two of them come back with a good report. The majority of people chose to listen to the naysayers. And everything God said the land was, it was. It had vegetation. It had a house. It had livestock. It had fresh running water. It had green plateaus and hillsides of all kinds of fruits and vegetables. Everything. And God said, I will chase out the enemy. You just go. I just, I want you to believe me. But you know what? The majority prevailed. Joshua and Caleb were in the minority of the twelve. They said, let's go. Don't forget the ten plagues that God sent in Egypt under Moses' leadership. That same God who gave the ten plagues and got us out of Goshen and the land of slavery. We can go into this land. Don't forget that God opened up the Red Sea a few weeks ago when the chariots of uh, Pharaoh were behind us and they were going to run us in the sea and drown us. And Moses stood up with his rod over the sea and God parted the waters all night. And the next day everybody walked on dry land with water over here and water over here. Joshua and Caleb is saying to them, how quickly you forget. And we do the same thing, brothers and sisters. We come to the next wall. We come to the next obstacle. We come to the next challenge. And the devil makes us forget that's God who has brought us this far. And if God brought us this far, He will carry us in to the next level. Don't be so forgetful. Don't be so nostalgic. Only thinking about the past and you're never going into the future. And, and so, here's the uh, prophetic word. Go take the land. But... They listen to the wrong voices. Hear me, somebody. You got to be careful who you listen to. <laughs> you be careful who you tell your vision to. Because some people are going to encourage you all the way, but if they find out it's going to cost you something and cost them something, they ain't with you encouraging you anymore. <laughs> the, the one preacher said in preaching about the vision God had given him for the church to grow, that the black preacher got up one Sunday morning and he got up preaching and said, Oh, this church must go to the next level. And in order to go to the next level, we got to start crawling. And one of the deacon in the amen corner says, Crawl. We got to crawl, preacher. Let's crawl. And the preacher got a little more power and he says, In order for us to go to the next level, we got to start walking. We got to get up from crawling and walking because we're going. And the deacon in the amen corner says, Oh, let the church walk, pastor. Let the church walk. And the pastor got really excited. And he says, and in order for us to go to the next level, the church must stand up and run. And it must more than crawl. It must more than walk. It must run. In order for us to run, we got to raise some more money so we can go to the next level. And you got to give a little more offerings. And the deacon in the amen corner said, let the church crawl, pastor. Let the church crawl. I know people like that. I know people who hitch up to my wagon as long as my wagon will supply their needs. You too. But you ask them to sacrifice a little bit so all of us can go to the next level and they go to another wagon. (laughs) I'm a preaching preacher here. The prophetic word. The prophetic word is you listen to the voice of God. Let me tell you something. For six days, six days, the children of Israel marched around the walls of Jericho once each day. The Bible said some of the men of war were led the, led the way. Then behind the men of war were seven priests with seven trumpets with seven ram's horn. And they carried the Ark of the Covenant behind the priests. So you had the warriors, you had the priests with their horns blowing. And then behind them you had other priests carrying the Ark of God. Because the Ark of God represents the presence of God. Can I get an amen? Anywhere the Ark of God was there, it represented the presence and the power of God. And then the rest of the crowd that were designated to march each day would march around them. Every morning they'd get up. Okay? Seven acres of circumference. Everybody get in line as the sun was rising. And they march. They were not to say a word. I'll get to that in just a minute. Isn't that what the Bible says? Don't say a word. And they'd march around. The guys who were the warriors, the priests blowing the horns, the Ark of the Covenant behind them, and they're going around each morning. Can you imagine... 
after about day three, what the folks on the walls of Jericho are saying about the folks marching around their city. What a bunch of loony tunes. Marching around our walls. I don't see any battering rams in their hands where they have like large logs. You've seen battering rams, haven't you? Where about five or six guys or, or maybe, maybe 15 guys, depending on how big the log is, like a utility pole. And they, they would have holding plate. They would have notches on them. And, and, and these guys would get them and they'd put them in their arms on the side and run against a gate and tear it down. There were no battering rams. There were no missile launching buckets, <laughs> you know, to, to throw rocks in the city. All they were doing is quiet every morning marching. Don't you imagine the folks on the wall started mocking them you bunch of losers you bunch of deadbeats and and, and if they had listened to that voice they would have quit marching on the third day but they shut their mouths and they heard the prophetic word that says see i have given jericho into your hand just be patient god has a word for you listen to his word i'm hurrying here look with the eyes of faith amen church now listen to this. Look, look at the scripture to back it up. Verse 2 again. See. Joshua, see. It, of course, means look. I have given Jericho into your hand, the king and the mighty men of valor. The word see means, get this, it means take note of. The word see means keep it steadily in your mind. You know, we're going to the next level as a church. And we have a hall, a vision hall over there between the buildings called Rise Up and Build. We have a, a brochure that's out there for everybody. We've given it to everybody. We, we have a DVD that we've given to every family. And if you want to know about our vision, just get one. It's free. Okay? What, we, what we're trying to do is to say, keep it in mind. We are what we are in two services here every Sunday, about 1,000, sometimes 1,100, Easter, 1,500. But we're going to the next level by the grace of God for 1,500 seat sanctuary and where God is taking us. And what, what when we say to you, we say to you, help me. Let us all together as a church look with the eyes of faith. We put the vision on the wall. We put it in a magazine. We put it on a DVD. We put it at a place that we're saying to you, keep in mind, we are not there yet. Look, and you must do the same thing for your vision. You must write it down. You must put it in your Bible. Somebody help me preach here. I like what Moses said to them in Deuteronomy, but they didn't listen. Here's what he said in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 21. Look on the screen. Look! The Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it. Oh, hallelujah. If you ain't got a target, you shooting at anything. If you don't know what, you don't have a map or a GPS system, then you're going to be lost in just about every road if you just choose any old road will do. Can I get an amen, somebody? And I say all that to tell you that... Don't let somebody else come up with your plan. Ask the Holy Ghost to give you a plan through your Bible reading and prayer and personal sacrifice. And write it down and make it plain and keep your eye on it because God says you can have it. You see, looking with the eyes of faith means several things. Let me hurry. Faith always sees the victory. Doubt always sees the walls. The giants. The negative. You remember when David went to, went to face Goliath? All the armies of Israel for almost 40 days kept going out to f- battle in battle gear to face a man, one man over nine feet tall. And when he spoke out on the mountaintop overlooking the valley that separated the Philistines because he was a Philistine champion and the Israelites... His deep bass voice would bellow in the valley and scare the life out of the Israelites and they'd run back in their tents. You know why they ran back? Because they could only see how big the giant was. David showed up and he saw how big his God was. Somebody ought to say amen. As big as you can make God in your mind. He is bigger yet. Let me, let me tell you something about faith. Faith brings a good report. Doubt brings a bad report. 
listen to the good report. Let me tell you something about faith. Faith produces a positive attitude and peace from God. Faith. If you believe, if you have faith in His Word, it will give you peace to hold on. But, but doubt gives you a bad report. It gives you a bad attitude. And it even builds rebellion in your spirit if you let it. Can I get another amen? Faith. Faith. Faith sees with the eyes of God. <laughs> but doubt sees with the eyes of men. I tell you that if in the natural I had allowed my eyes, my resources, my flesh to determine our next level, you'd have never been seated in this building here at South Metro Ministries. Because in the natural and in my flesh and with my own eyes, I'd have never launched from down the road over here if I was looking at me. But faith says, I'm trusting God who took care of me yesterday. Now, now we start, let, let me just say, in, in the first service, I put an offering in the offering plate on behalf of a woman of God who used to attend this church but has moved away now due to job change, transfer of work closer to her family. And we knew that was coming and we were doing this, this campaign, this fundraising campaign, Rise Up and Build, and you know about that, where we asked all of you to pledge for a season of time, three years, some funds above your tithe and offerings. So we can go to our next level building. And, and to this point, $1.2 million have been pledged. And about 140000 has already come in. And we're going, yeah, go ahead and give the Lord some thanks. I'm talking about faith, okay? This lady knows that she's leaving town. She's leaving her present job. She's going to take a significant pay cut to go. She's going to move to a different area, have to find another church. Having been here a few years, God has caused us to grasp the vision of South Metro Ministries. By the way, we need some help this Tuesday morning. Any male person who can come here at 9 o'clock and give us a couple of hours, we're going to have 650 chairs, brand new chairs coming in. Because that's the final phase of our sanctuary renovation. We're moving the pews out, donating them or selling them, preferably selling them so we can replenish our funds. And with those 650 chairs, we can put another 150 or more people in this sanctuary in each service till we go to the next level. And what I need is a, a few men to help out because we need to unload those chairs uh, by ourselves. They won't, the driver will not be able to do that. And he's not paid for that. So if you're available on Tuesday morning, come on and join us and, uh, and we'll just do what we need to do. But, but here's my point. This lady, she is going a different place, going to have fun, a different dwelling. But she said, Pastor, the Lord has laid upon my heart to give X amount of dollars to the building fund. And I said, but you're leaving. She said, yes. She said, you know what? I'm going to go by faith now, and I'm going to give the first half of it. And when my house sells, and I move, even though I'm taking a pay cut, when our house sells, I want to give the other half of it. She wrote me a, a letter, a card this week, and put a check in it. And, and she said, my house was put up for sale, and it sold in four days. And I got cash. Didn't, I, got, I didn't, have to, didn't have to get a loan. I got cash for it, Pastor. I have now moved to this other state. I am now in a new job. I got favor around me. I'm living. I was wondering where I'd go to church, but I'm living across the street from me as a pastor who said he's been praying for men and women of God to move in his neighborhood. So I know where I'm headed next. And, and, and she said, but pastor, here is the rest of my pledge. It was a check for over $5,000 because she saw with the eyes of faith and she told God, if you'll take care of my business, God, I'll take care and bless your business. Somebody give the Lord some prayer. Now, now here's, a, here's a point I want everybody to get about going to the next level. Sometimes you've got to quiet the flesh. <laughs> I, I like what Exodus 14 and 14 says before I read that. Listen, listen to what Exodus 14 and 14 says. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace and be quiet. Here's another translation. You shall walk in the Spirit and don't mutter a word. Help me, Holy Ghost. Look at chapter 6, verse 10 on the screen. Now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until that day I say, Shout! Then you shall shout. By talking to ourselves, some of us, we have talked ourselves out of the next level. Help me preach or you know I can do it by myself. Have you helped me out? 
You see, had the children of Israel been allowed to talk to themselves while they're walking around the wall once a day for six days, and the flesh rise up, they'd have talked to each other out of marching. How many times has God put a word in us, and we ran with it for a week? And after that, the devil put another word, and we, we let our flesh talk us out of it. The word of God says in another occasion, be still and know that I am God. Somebody said, silence is golden. I kind of like that. And the older I get, <laughs> the more I like that. <laughs> I know you're thinking, you're the yellingest preacher I've ever heard. What do you mean silence is golden? Except for when I'm preaching. Because I'm on a mission to keep you awake. You will not fall asleep in my service. I have a commission from God to raise the dead and I'm preaching loud. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding with you. Just kidding. Now, now hear me. When we are allowed to speak, because there will be a time to speak, we should train ourselves. You're taking notes. You write this down. You should train yourself to speak only those things that edifies and glorifies God and ministers grace. Listen to me now. When we finally open our mouth over somebody's destiny or our own, be sure to remember what your mama said or should have said. If you can't say anything good, and if your mama didn't say it, you start it with your generation. You start saying it. Yeah. Because the Bible says about our speech in Colossians 4 and 6, let your speech always be with what? Grace. Seasoned with salt. That you may know how you ought to answer each other. I, I, I got to, this is a series of sermons, so I, I need to know when to stop. But this ain't the place. Uh, so that you may, you can speak over your children blessings or curses. You can speak over your grandchildren blessings or curses. You can often say to your children, you're just like your daddy, or you're just like your mama, or you're just like so-and-so, and you ain't going to mount a hill of beans. And be careful, because what we say determines our destinies, and perhaps theirs. I'm telling you, we are what we say more than you realize. You, you, you and I need to understand that because we had a bad, negative past, doesn't mean we got to put that on somebody else. Let it be seasoned with salt, okay? They, they, may not, they may not have the best advantage, but you have an authority and you have an anointing if you're full of the Spirit of God to speak words of life. Here's what the Bible says about our speech, Matthew 12 and 36. But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Did you hear me? Be careful how you speak and what you say because every word is being recorded and they could come back. And be our detriment. Let me show you something else. Here's the word of God about words. Quiet your flesh. Proverbs 6 and 2 says, You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. You can prophesy over yourself negativism and it'll probably come to pass. Or you can prophesy over yourself life and you can get a scripture quoted over your family and over your children. And you could probably live and not only probably live, but you will live because his word is life. Can I get an amen? Don't be snared by your words by being murmuring, backbiting, fault finding, blaming and cussing and swearing and doubting. Give me an amen, somebody. Do, do not be a murmurer, a grumbler, a fault finding. If you're getting older, which all of us are on that wagon, can I get an amen? As you get, ask God to help you to grow sweet and to grow graceful and to grow kind as you get older. Did your words be seasoned? And then finally, in this last thought, if you're going to get to the next level, you've got to focus on the Lord. Now, now I hasten to tell you this. Focus on the Lord means, it, it means this. Wherever God is, and wherever He's moving, you keep your eyes on it. Can I get an amen here? You, you got, I want to give you this picture, and then we're going to wrap it up, okay? For the children of Israel, marching around these two walls in order to conquer, and we'll pick it up from here next week. The Ark of the Covenant, in the midst of the people, wherever they are, represented the presence of God. I said it already, but I'll say it again. You remember when they crossed the River Jordan? We talked about it last week. You remember the river parted and the water walled up on one side and drained out on the other? While the priest of God had the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulder? The Ark of the Covenant, you, you know, okay, is a, is a chest 
made maybe about、uh, four feet long, three feet wide, maybe three feet high or more. It was all covered. It had a, a lid on it, a cover on it. It was all made of pure gold. The, the cover of it had the design of cherubims and angels of God, etc. And I won't go into all that. What all that means? That's not my purpose here this morning. But the Ark of the Covenant housed the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses when He etched it on stone, and housed the rod, Aaron's rod, that represented the power of God leadership. But the Ark was God with them. When they marched around, they were to they were to watch. They were not to watch how high the walls were. This is the seventh day now. The seventh day after six days, one time around. This is the seventh day. They're going to go around seven times. The people are on the wall. This is the seventh day. They're mocking them. They're having come to the wall parties and watch the Israelites. Bunch of idiots. Bring your fritos. Bring your salsas. Bring your bring your tent and your pup tent and your chair. We're going to watch these people today. They're marching seven times. We get live music because they're blowing their horns. They don't know what's fixing to happen. <laughs> oh my my! What's that movie I like with that?、Uh, oh man, what's that movie? Independence Day. Huh? Who's that guy? Who's that guy on that movie? Will Smith. You remember when they? Well, <laughs> I go. They hook up to this this planet orbit, orbiting out there, you know, and they got the cigar and they're fixing the smoke and they they Will Smith, the guys, ready to release that nuke bomb on those aliens, and he says, "Do you reckon they know what's going to happen to them?" <laughs> okay, I know I deviated. I had a little fun with it. <laughs> they're marching around the walls, and Joshua says, "When I tell you." Shout! You shout! Don't open your mouth before. I mean, you know what you got to do to get your wall down? You got to shout in faith. You got to shout in faith. The wall won't come down until you shout. It ain't <laughs> Jesus. You got to praise God whether you feel like it or not. You got to go to church whether you feel like it or not. You got to read your Bible whether you feel like it or not. You got to forgive your enemy whether you feel.、Like, you got to you got to sing the songs whether you you got to shout in faith. The walls will not come down unless you step out. Stand up, everybody! Stand up, everybody! Oh, help me, Jesus! I'm fixing to pull some walls down in my life before I leave this house today. I'm asking you to do the same thing. I'll pick it up from here, except to say right now that when Joshua said "shout," <laughs> I don't know exactly what they said, but maybe they said "shout unto God." With a voice of triumph, the horns blew after the seven times around. The shout went up, and the walls, like it, disappeared in the earth. One archaeologist says that's what happened. They didn't have to climb over rubbles; they just had to walk in. How many know God can open it up and suck just the walls? They didn't have to use a sword, a spear, a knife; just. Praising God. Well, if you'd like to not raise your hands and lift up your hands to the Lord, begin to praise Him. Come on, begin to begin to praise over. Begin to thank Him. Don't tell Him your prayer requests. Praise the walls down right now in Jesus' name. Praise the walls down. Come on, love us. Come on, lift up those lift those hands in Jesus' name. You got to do it. I can't do it for you. You got to open up your mouth. Say, God, help me to quiet my spirit. Help me to focus on the Lord. Come on, in Jesus, raise those, raise those voices louder, so you can hear yourself praise God, and you won't hear the devil telling you not to. Come on, if all you can say is "Thank you, Jesus," say it. If all you can say is "Jesus, Jesus, Jesus," say it loudly. Go ahead, my brother. Lead us in some. It's a preparation. Come on, come on, church.
leave that pew with your hands raised up and come to this altar, that's your march. You don't have to march around no wall seven times. But if you'll demonstrate your faith and praise Him all the way till you get up here, even if the aisles are filled while they sing it again, I want you to praise God that your walls will come down, come from everywhere. Sing it again. Keep coming. Raise your hands and praise. Come in close. Come in. the prophetic word. Anything negative, doubtful, fearful is of the devil. All good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. I'm telling you, 
I, whatever, you, whatever you need to do. God, I got some homework to do. I got to sanctify myself. I got to hide my face in the book of God and get the word in me. But my walls, I'm going to the next level. I'm praying over you now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray the peace of God. I pray the fullness of the Holy Ghost. I pray healing for every sick body. As the shepherd of this flock, I pray, oh God, your, oh hallelujah, protection over this fold. Oh God, I pray, Father, for resolution in jobs, in marriages. I pray that we would be able to empty our medicine cabinet, not by consuming the medicine. Nothing wrong with doing it according to the doctor's orders. But that we don't have to depend on it because God has filled us up with healing. Oh God, I thank you that we are going into the land of milk and honey. And we are going to taste of the Lord's goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Give a hand clap. Have the greatest day of your life. Sing as they go. God bless you. Shake hands and bless one another. Have a great day.